Welcome to Latte with a Lawyer, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the stories of some of America's most successful lawyers, figuring out what makes them tick, how they creatively solve problems, and how others aspiring to be them can follow in their footsteps. Okay, guys, uh, welcome to uh, another episode of Latte with a Lawyer. Uh, this afternoon, we have with us uh, Morgan McCord, who's an attorney with Eckert Siemens. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the uh, the invitation and the, the chance to talk about a little bit about myself. As you probably know, lawyers love doing that. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's why it makes it easy. We just we just, you know, press the button and you guys talk and we're good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so listen, just to keep with the, uh, the the theme of the show here and kick this thing off. What's your favorite beverage of choice to get started in the morning? So uh, actually, for me, it's a large uh, cup of uh, iced coffee, and uh, I'm a regular at my local Dunkin' Donuts. Um, they know me when I pull in my car. They have my drink waiting for me every day. Oh, nice. Oh, do you go to your office every day? Uh, yeah, you know, I have been, um, although obviously, you know, this is yeah, with COVID. still within the, the, you know, the pandemic. Um, there was a period of time when we were closed, but uh Nonetheless, I still went to Dunkin' Donuts every day. I but you still went to Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, it was the one thing that, you know, was a sort of a constant, um, you know, also it forced me to get out of my jeans every day to, you know, <laughs> rather than doing everything, uh, you know, in pajamas. Got it. Well, you were a New York guy, so I'm surprised to hear Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I live in New Jersey, but um, okay. our office is here in White Plains, which is uh, just about... 10 miles to 15 miles north of New York City. And uh, I've actually been working in White Plains my entire career. No kidding. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Bostonian, so I'm, we know Dunkin' Donuts very well. And, That's right. That's where it started, I think, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's more regional, although it is, you know, it's probably all over the country at this point. But I would say, you know, the, the strong, um, you know, the strong affinity to it is definitely in the Northeast. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Oh, I mean, you can't. I mean, every other corner in the city is one. I mean, that and a Starbucks. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, exactly. Quite <laughs> but so, anyway, yeah. good. Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks. Uh, oh, definitely. No questions asked on that one. Oh, good, good, good. Excellent. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So um, so it looks like you're a financial services attorney. Yes, um, I've I'm, I've been a litigator now for, I guess, actually my entire career. Um, I started off uh, representing actually accountants um, and uh, slowly over time, I've kind of switched to doing consumer finance litigation, which is, um, I mean, basically exactly what it, what it says. It's uh, consumers, um, litigation involving consumers and, uh, and their banks. Of, of late, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, actually mortgage uh, servicers. And uh, as many can imagine, uh, you know, they do have uh, litigation needs. Oh, yeah. Um, you mean like so a yeah. Wells Fargo, like some of the complaints that they've had? Are you on the, on the defense side or the plaintiff side? Uh, actually, I, I represent, uh, I, I do both. I do affirmative and defense litigation. And okay. sometimes even when we are uh, representing the plaintiff in a case, uh, there's counterclaims filed. So, you know, kind of both two and one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think of some of the classic cases, like well, a, a client of Wells Fargo and, 
and they had um, some claims that they were sort of forcing um, account openings because they were getting bonused on uh, opening more accounts. Like things, I mean, would that be an example of a? Well, it's, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I can't really mention names of clients. Oh, but, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but I can tell you, I, you know, I, I have become sort of a specialist with um, counterfeit check fraud scams. Okay. Commonly known as the Nigerian check fraud scam. <laughs> In fact, yeah. I've done a CLE or two on it. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, um, lawyers are huge targets. Wow. And sadly, there are a number of lawyers that have fallen for the scam. Um, it is amazing. I mean, to me, they have like big red flashing lights on them. They seem pretty obvious when they're a scam. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're somewhat obvious, but there are, you know, fairly sophisticated fraudsters out there that can make it a little bit more difficult. Um, and they usually target, uh, turn, you know, smaller firms that, uh, you know, do actually mostly matrimonial work is believe it or not is an area that uh, is is rife with uh, with this kind of work with with um, fraudsters although they target everybody honestly. yeah 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 they don't discriminate <laughs> they just yeah. they, they target so um when you litigate give me give me an example like uh, I, I you're not going in front of a jury are you is this a, these bench trials who tell me what that looks like yeah, so th these are mostly all bench trials. Okay. Um, whether, you know, most banks have in their account agreements, um, jury waiver clauses, New York actually enforces them. Um, and even if we're dealing with mortgages or dealing with um, promissory notes or credit card agreements, you name it, all of them pretty much have jury waiver clauses. So okay. um, I haven't been in front of a jury in years. Um, the first time was actually when I was um, representing accountants who were so, sued. Yeah, by, what would you do uh, for accountants? Yeah, give me an example of the kind of work you would do for an accountant. So, I mean, aside from like the, the mundane, um, you know, accounting malpractice type work, um, we did have a number of clients um, that did uh, what they call uh, business consulting, or they actually called it concierge services that they offered to celebrities, among others. Okay. So we had we had a couple of cases involving celebrities suing their accountants, a la Nicolas Cage, who sued. We weren't involved in that litigation, but in a similar vein, where you know they spend a lot of their money and don't know where it went. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Got it. Interesting. So yeah. In that, yeah. So in that case, you're you're on the plaintiff side, right? Trying to looking for a well, no, we we represented the defendants, the accountants. Oh, the accounts. Okay. Got it. Yeah. But it, it was interesting work. Um, but uh, financial services is, has been a huge boon to my practice. I mean, we have a, there's a ton of work, which is good. Oh, good. Yeah, I saw. I saw you have an undergraduate degree in uh, in business. Is that what got you into the into that kind of law practice? You know, my my history of how I got into the law is kind of interesting. I I, um, I used to be an emergency medical technician. Okay. And uh, in high school, and uh, actually, our ambulance squad. I wasn't there at the time, but 
our squad did actually go to the staging area on 9-11 in Jersey City, if you're familiar with New Jersey. Oh, New sure. Yeah, of course. But of course, you know, there was nobody there, uh, sadly. Um, but anyway, um, I, I started off thinking I would become a doctor. My grandfather always instilled in my brother and I, you know, either we're going to be doctors or lawyers. <laughs> so, you know, I... I I started off thinking that's what I was going to do. I actually started off studying biology in college. Okay. And uh, I eventually had a class, um, a business law class with a professor, um, guy named Jim Holzinger, who actually I'm still, I still keep in touch with him. Um, but he really opened my eyes to uh, the business law. And uh, that's sort of what, what got me involved. It also helped that my, girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, her father is an attorney. So. Okay. So they put a little pressure on you to become an attorney. Yep. Well, then and my and grandfather, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Interesting. And, and you're, and, and you're happy. I mean, was there anything else that sort of brought you down that path or was it just that, that class changed your trajectory? Well, I mean, with all honesty, uh, chemistry in college also was, it was a, was a factor. <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of us lawyers uh, can can talk to you about. Yeah. And we're not always the greatest at math, believe me. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but although, you know, but nonetheless, uh, it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was really this, this particular class, though, that, that kind of, you know, I, I was obviously getting close with my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, her father did, of course, you know, recommend, you know, <laughs> going into the legal field. And, and I just, I was in college um, right around the time that the economy was starting to tank and, um, you know, the Great Recession. Right. And, uh, you know, it made sense to try to extend out my educational career rather than jumping into the workforce immediately. Although I yeah. guess medical school would have done that too, but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. For sure. What, what, what part of New Jersey do you live in? I am in um, northeastern New Jersey, uh, Bergen County. Okay, sure. I know that. I, li I lived in Montclair for one period of my life for about a year. Oh, really? Yeah. I grew up in Glen Ridge. Glen Ridge. Okay. Next town over. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's uh, it's a nice part of New Jersey. So pretty close to the city. Yeah, I've always, uh, other than college, when I was in uh, Pennsylvania, I've basically been in Jersey or New York my whole life. Got it. So you are a New York guy. You root for the Yankees or, or the uh, Mets? You know, I got to be judicious here, but uh, I'm a Yankees fan. Okay, good. Well, being a Bostonian, I'm definitely on the other. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Red Sox fan, so that's a great uh, rivalry, as you know. I'm sure you're a Patriots fan, too. Patriots, too. Although now that we have Patriots South, now that I live in Florida with um, Tom Brady, at, in Tampa Bay, but who knows what Brady's doing now? Okay. Well, he's he, apparently he's going to stay with it. He's going to he's going to play another year. Is that right? I, yeah. Every other yeah. day, it seems like there's a, you know vacillating back and forth. That's true. You're right. Um, I I don't think he's done yet though. I think he's still healthy, and I think he's got another year. I mean, he's play. still one of the best players. At least he was last year. So quarterback. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's a, he, he's an amazing guy. Um, but uh, no, it's good. It's it's good stuff. It's uh, it's it's fun to have him down here. It's like sure. watching the Patriots. Um, 
This is my barking dog. So um, tell me, if you had to think of uh, like a really interesting case that you worked on, is there any that stands out that would be interesting for people to hear about? Um, I would have to say probably, um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough that I've had a couple of cases where I've actually been successful in, in making law. Oh, nice. Um, <clears throat> One, one, I guess, benefit of being in the, the field uh, in financial services litigation is that there is so much litigation that um, there's always cases coming up on appeal. So, you know, it kind of gives me an opportunity to not only keep on top of what's going on in the law, because it's, it's like jumping onto a moving train. It's always evolving. Um, but it gives you the opportunity rarely um, to potentially make law and, uh, you know, that, that's sort of a cool thing for an attorney. Um, so you're and then probably of course seeing people citing the case, you right. know, it's, but uh, I've been fortunate. I am, you know, I haven't been practicing all that long, I guess, what, I don't know, 12 years now, Yeah. but having that, you know, is, is a, is sort of something I'm proud of. Yeah, that's cool. So you're getting, it's kind of like a, um, a professor, you know, publishes something that, right. That that's, that's a big credential. So you have the ability to publish something, get cited and become a reference. Yeah. I would imagine that's a, that's something good to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, so much of the practice of law is um, there's no real tangible product. I mean, right. you know, we're, we're, we do a lot of writing, but you know, it's actually one reason why I, you know, I always tell um, <laughs> anybody that goes to law school that, you know, it's always a good idea to get a hobby where you're actually creating something um, so I, you know, for me personally, I've, I've gotten my, I've, I've become like the handyman around my house. So okay. I fix, you know, I do plumbing, electric, electric, you know, I do electrical work, you name it. Um, but it's nice, like, you know, being able to look back and see something like a light fixture that you've installed, <laughs> you know, it's not like, Hey, look, I drafted a brief, you know, you know, it's just, it's nice to have some tangible product. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I like to do a lot of that stuff too. It's always, you know, it's it's fun to have that sense of accomplishment of actually creating something for sure. Do you have an older house? Are you doing some renovation work too? It's actually, a, it, I live in a, a townhome currently. Okay. Um, but uh, I have, <laughs> I have two young sons that uh, break everything. Are crazy. Yeah, they 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 break literally everything. Every other day, I'm filling holes in the in the sheetrock, or you know holes in the doors, you know, broken glass. I mean, you name it. It's, it's just, uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 listen, I can relate to that. I'm one of uh, five boys in my family. So we, we definitely broke everything at least once and usually more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, do you have any, you said you have a brother or you have how many siblings? Yes. You have? Um, I have a, a twin brother. Oh, um, nice. Who also is an attorney. Identical uh, twin? Uh, fraternal. Fraternal, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yep, okay. he, also, kind of he also, he he does uh, municipal collection work, actually. Okay. He also, you know, was, was, uh, followed my grandfather's advice, you know. Although he started off, I mean, I was telling you, I started off as a, uh, as a bio major, thinking about going to medical school. He started off as an architecture major and uh, switched to history as a major and then, you know, the rest, I guess, is history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Law school and, you know. 
<clears throat> good stuff. Good stuff. So you know, you you, you talked about some advice. What, what 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 would you tell someone who's thinking about going to law school today? What's going to make them? You know, why should they go, and what's going to make them a successful lawyer? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, one thing I would say, I mean, to a, certainly to, I guess the advice would be a little different to uh, whether the person is currently an attorney or someone that's just thinking about going to law school. Yeah. Certainly for a young attorney, I would say finding a mentor is, is a huge, uh, it, it's huge. I mean, it, it's the difference between really learning how to practice law um, and picking up good habits versus, um, you know, just kind of going along with the flow. Yeah, interesting. Um, so you know, who was your mentor then that you relied so on? So I, I was fortunate um, in the first firm I worked with, uh, I worked for. Um, I had a really, really good, um, I guess at the time he was a junior partner. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> he did everything by the book. And although he was, you know, somewhat difficult to please, um, I really learned how to practice law. Uh, from him. And uh, I, I was very fortunate, especially since I graduated into the Great Recession, um, to have, you know, to have to have a good uh, mentor and actually find a job. I mean, among other things. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, of course, because I mean, listen, going from the classroom to like the real world, there's a, there's a transition, right? It doesn't, it doesn't translate completely. So you're right. I mean, it's like, how do you actually get things done? When you're actually in the real world practicing whatever it is you train for. No, you're, I mean, you are absolutely right. In law school, you know, it's a very theoretical, um, I mean, you know, some people will tell you it's all about how you're learning to think. Right. Thinking like a lawyer, whatever that means. But, right. and that, and that, but legitimately, it really is, you know, just learning to, to get used to case law and learning you know how the process works, yep. but you know, actually doing something practical is, you know, it, it, unless you're at a, a school that, you know, has a, an extensive uh, internship or externship program. I mean, that was one thing I benefited from um, where I went. I went to Hofstra Law School. I did an externship for the uh, Commodity Futures uh, Trading Commission. Oh, nice! And uh, I learned an awful lot from them, and you know, I kind of also led me down the path of doing, you know, financial services work, frankly. Um, and also to some extent, also the work I did with accountants, because when I was working with accountants, it was right around Madoff time. And, uh, you know, we, we, our accounting clients were getting sued right and left, you know, for, they, rep, they did work for feeder funds that, you know, so oh, it, was, sure. it was a, uh, it was a huge, I mean, it was a, I mean, there was a lot of work back then. Um, oh yeah. Well, Hofstra is very much connected to, uh, I, we looked at that school, actually, my, uh, one of my kids, and it's very much tied into the uh, New York and financial services community, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you're not that far from the city. They have a no, Hofstra's only maybe school. 15 miles. Yeah, it's close. And yeah. I know Gabelli, isn't Gabelli, isn't the business school Gabelli? Um, I know there's a... Oh, it's um, not Gabelli. No, no, I'm sorry. That's Fordham. Who's the other guy? That's a, but they have a great um, business facility there. I remember that facility. They have a very good facility. business school and a good uh, well, a lot of they have. They happen to have a lot of uh, 
real estate magnates that have graduated yeah, from there. Yes, yes. So, you know, like for instance, Kushner is, you know, name is on the the uh, the law school line. Oh, Kushner. Is Kushner a graduate of Offshore? Charles Kushner is, yeah, the father. The father. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, got it. He's actually a Jersey guy too. He's from uh, Livingston. Oh, that's where the Kushner family is from. Yes. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, interesting. Yep. Very good. Yeah. So yeah, no, Hoffs is a good place. I, I've got friends, uh, kids who are going there now. So. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I can't. I don't know much about the undergrad, but the, the I, I you know, the law school was quite was good. was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's the, what, what's the difference uh, between an externship? And an internship. It's a good. That's another good question. There really isn't. Um, externship is typically um, uh, where you have a relationship or between the college or the law school and a uh, an employer. Obviously, you're doing it more for credit. You're not actually getting paid. Right. Um, but in reality, they're very similar. An internship is very similar as well. There may not necessarily be, you know, a credit requirement, um, which is more, you know, an internship you can do doesn't have to be through a, a law school or through yeah. a, you know, a business school or whatever. That that's really the only difference I see between them. I mean, it's either way, it's an unpaid position that, uh, you know, you kind of learn what you need to do in the real world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I did graduate work at uh, Northeastern, got an MBA. And okay. I, went th I went through the co-op. They have a co-op MBA program. So it's 15 months in the classroom, six months working full time. So again, it makes it that transition because I was an engineering student as an undergrad. Oh, okay. Uh, and so to make that transition into business, it was very helpful, right? To go from classroom to actually working and learning, you know, what people do in business. So you're right. Otherwise, it's an, it's an abrupt, you know, transition. It could be. Oh, I mean, it's a it's just a totally different world, especially for those of us like me that you know have been in it, you know, learning in, in college and you know going through school the entire way. Right. You know, and I didn't have any breaks between. Oh, you, you went know, right from undergrad. I didn't take a year off or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So you know, other than doing summer jobs, I mean, you know, it was. Um, you know, it was a big change starting full-time employment. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But having the externship helped definitely. Yeah, I would think so for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, those kind of programs. Uh, my son actually is going to go to Drexel University, which also has that same kind of cooperative education. Is he there for undergrad or? Yeah, is that... undergrad. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah they have gonna... a law school now as well. Yeah, they do. Actually, probably similar to uh, Hofstra in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I mean, Drexel's a little newer. I think maybe it's only maybe five, six years old, the school. Yeah. But um, I mean, like the kind of school, it's an urban, you know, yeah. kind of, right, practical yeah. education. Sure. Right? Yeah, so. I think, uh, I think so. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, except, you know, one's in New York or outside and the other one's in Philly. Oh, where does the other one go? Drexel's, oh, Hofstra. No, right? I mean, at Hofstra's in right? New York and Drexel's. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So Philly, Philly, it'll be interesting to see how that is in Philly. Philly's, you know, definitely a gritty kind of city over there where the uh, university is. I, uh, I, I've heard <laughs> stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's going to be an interesting uh, experience. Yep. But uh, anyway, that, that'll get started in the fall. Um, so let me ask you a question. So um, 
where do you see the industry moving for you? Like, what are the big sweeping changes, you know, with technology or just, you know, the way you guys are practicing law? Is there anything big that sort of you see coming? I mean, you know, the pandemic has certainly had a huge impact on um, litigation, certainly litigation in New York, which is where I practice. Yeah. Um, I mean, the court system is, has essentially had to advance five, 10 years within a matter of, you know, months. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, uh, the New York state courts weren't entirely uh, e-filing um, even, even before the pandemic. I mean, they were in a slow process of integrating or moving towards that, but um, so yeah, no technology is certainly like Zoom, like we're on here, yeah, um, or as the New York court system uses Microsoft Teams, um, okay, is uh, has made you know the practice just so much more efficient. Um, you know, the days, which, although, you know, it's good for us litigators, uh, frankly, but the days of sitting, you know, doing a calendar call with, uh, you know, 50 other attorneys, um, you know, is may or may not be over, <laughs> you know, it's hard to say at this point. Um, I mean, I think slowly but surely they may be going back to some extent, but it's just so much more efficient to, to hop on a Zoom call or a Microsoft Teams call with the, with the court. And, uh, you know, it, it's that in that way, I don't know that it's ever really going to truly go back. Yeah, I would think some things are definitely not going to go back because, as you said, they're just much more efficient to leverage technology for those sort of routine things that you don't have to be somewhere physical. Oh, yeah. And just right? generally, like, just, I mean, in terms of paper usage, even, I mean, you know, right. with e-filing, I mean, service is accomplished upon e-filing. So the days of having to send hundreds of pages of pleadings back and forth are probably gone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. more or less. Um, but yeah, no, technology is certainly the pandemic has has advanced uh, the technological aspect of, uh, of lawyering. Yes. Um, probably more so than, than anything, at least in my career, it's by far the, the, the biggest uh, uh, stimulus towards moving towards, you know, a more efficient technological world. Yeah, it really forced people to change, didn't it? Oh, I mean, there's, you know, just, I mean, everything from communicating even with my own colleagues. I mean, you, yeah. know, um, you know, obviously during the pandemic, our office was closed for a period of time, you know, just having group meetings. Um, you know, I've even started doing, some, not that the firm or uh, the New York court system is involved in it, but I've started researching the metaverse, for instance, something I had never even heard of probably five months ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know? ah, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, who knows? I mean, someday you could be doing trials through the metaverse. Right. I mean, I know there are companies right now that do team meetings, you know, with the people who are sitting with their avatars in a, you know, a virtual conference room. Oh, you, you know, people that are actually doing that now. That, that's that's wild. Yeah. I, I actually have read that a, at least one law firm has opened up shop in the metaverse. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if it's more of a publicity stunt, which it probably is. But nonetheless, um, I guess it's there. I think some accounting firms have already moved into the metaverse. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's probably going to happen. I mean, I know it seems far fetched, but I mean, we're probably moving 
moving in that direction, the more, you know, um, versatile and dynamic technology becomes. I mean, more, the more these things become reality, anything to simulate, you know, actually being somewhere physically without having yeah. to be there. Although I do think you do lose some human interaction. Um, oh, there's no question you lose it. There's, there's no question you do. So I want social skills and, you know, that kind of thing. I just, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, but I guess it's, it's a world that we're all going to have to get used to at some point. Yeah. Or certainly my kids. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're young enough. I'm sure, you know, you grew up with more of that than I did. And I, your firm, I, you probably have a lot of older attorneys there, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have uh, we have a number of very senior partners who have, you know, been practicing for many, many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they averse to all these changes or are they embracing it? For the most part, our firm has 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 really embraced it. I mean, we've we're we've kind of gone to this like one firm mentality. Okay. Where, you know, resources are shared amongst um, you know, all of our offices. I mean, it really it, it's sort of like opened the door to a lot more collaboration. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. Do you have like a group that sort of chairs and leads some of the uh, the tech changes? I mean, I, you know, although I'm not a, an expert, I think it's mostly, I mean, we do have an IT department, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have our executive committee and our uh, CEO that, you know, kind of lay the course or the groundwork for, you know, the way that the firm moves. Um, Got it. Into the future. Interesting. But I think pretty much, I mean, most firms that I know of have, have essentially done the same thing. I mean, it's just out of necessity. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I know some of the, you know, the larger firms, AM Law 100, and next tier down, they have like innovation groups. That's all oh, they is that right? evaluate. Oh, yeah. They, they just sit around evaluating. There's so many, like we have a legal tech products that people are trying to use to make things more efficient, you know, from things like case management that's been around forever, or oh, yeah. discovery and things like, you know, emotion track um there's just a there's a, there's a, just an abundance of these legal tech solutions now that people are trying to bring to the market to make all these routine things just much easier and more efficient and of course you know there's also a risk that comes along with everything too right. so now you have to worry about you know yes i mean i guess it, it's not new but yeah you know so anyway it's interesting stuff but uh, all right, well, listen, this has been an interesting conversation. I learned a little bit more about financial services and what you guys do. Um, if someone wants to reach you and learn more about you or your firm, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, I mean, I can give you my uh, phone number. I have a direct dial. It's uh, 914, which is the you know, Westchester area code. Yep. Uh, 286. 2630. That's my direct dial. And then uh, my email is mmccord at Eckert, which is E-C-K-E-R-T-S-E-A-M-A-N-S.com. Excellent. Good. Well, listen, uh, thank you for uh, spending time with us today. This is, again, we had Morgan McCord from um, Eckerd Siemens, uh, financial services attorney in uh, New York. And uh, thanks to our uh, sponsor, Motion Track with a C, not a K, that uses artificial intelligence to gather 
nonverbal insights used for mediation and trials. Thank you. Thank you.